So we're putting Rob in the hot seat now because um, we had a busy week last week and um, while I was busy at the Novel Food Seminar, um, Rob went to another um, important seminar on how the NHS is going to handle um, disease prevention and you know it's fantastic that conversations are turning towards the d disease prevention but um, Rob you know we hear there's so much talk um, that the NHS is about to fall over 70 year old institution and um, being the mainstay um, of, uh, of British health and now we're facing its um, imminent demise it would appear yeah, it, it's, it's, it is pretty interesting, depending on where you look at information on the NHS. There are studies that show that um, the NHS is possibly the, the best healthcare system in the world, and there are others that say in the Western world it's delivering some of the worst outcomes. Mm. So clearly it sits somewhere along that, that uh, continuum. The, the, the difficulty is that, and this is not unique to the NHS, it's a generalized universal problem that, that the pressure from aging populations, from comorbidities, um, the bit that you don't hear so much about is you have now comorbidities that are essentially diet and lifestyle mediated. And comorbidities when you've got more than one disease yeah. at the same time. Multiple diseases. Yeah. People who have um, dementia, Alzheimer's alongside heart disease, maybe with type 2 diabetes alongside it, osteoarthritis, the full gamut. Um, and, and of course from a functional medicine, integrative medicine point of view, we know that many of these conditions are related. But essentially the, the difficulties if you still have a pill for an ill model where people are going in looking for a pharmaceutical solution and you also have a primary care system in which GPs are seeing you know up to 60 patients a day um, trying mm, to turn that around is 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 tricky and um, the other issue is one of scale the fact that the NHS is just so huge it's considered to be probably the fifth largest employer in the world. It's after the US mm -hmm. Department of Defense, um, China Bank, um, Walmart and McDonald's, then comes the NHS. So, you know, over 1.7 million people employed by it. So trying to get that to turn to change direction is, is difficult. But um, bottom line is, um, there is a plan. There's the long-term plan. There's the new green paper. So things are well, that's, potentially that, that's, could change. That's what I wanted to talk about. Is um, the green paper came out in July last year, yeah. but how how are they thinking about bringing this in? Because you know we're very well aware that um, in terms of the hierarchy of management in the NHS, there are a few levels that are completely non-functioning and um, trying to get you know the whole juggernaut to turn and work together is there is there any discussion about that there is you know in the plans there is uh, the beginning and this is a fascinating thing from our perspective the beginning of the use of language that people on our side of the fence have been using for a long time mm. so we're, we're really looking now at democratization of health we're looking at um, a real revolution in going digital we're seeing the desire to have an omics revolution. In fact, the NHS is talking about genomics really being the center stage for how you can personalize 
someone's health journey. So how you take a, a patient record and you put genomics right at the heart of that and then you basically... Geno genomics is in looking at someone's genetic predisposition. And yeah. then, but I, I believe um, that they're only looking at um, sort of major disease risks, so the high penetration genes rather than the low penetration diet and lifestyle mediated um, genes that we might look at as functional medicine practitioners. Yeah. That, that's, that's exactly where you see the, the non sequitur in, in terms of the fact that they're talking about disease prevention, they're talking about health and well-being, um, and these are often two mm. separate parts totally. of, the, of, of the issue. So, so yes, in terms of genomics, um, these are questions that I did ask, and there's no doubt that they're very much focused on, on uh, high penetration. Um, genes. So looking at, you know, BRCA genes and, you know, genes that are very well demonstrated to be highly significant and of course for, for increasing risk of disease. Um, and I think we're still a long way away from the NHS really being in a practical place to ensure that at the point of care, the health professionals, the, the, the GPs, the specialists, the, the practitioner nurses really understanding how you can work with dietary lifestyle and natural approaches to you know reduce re those those risks and to create health exactly so just a question before we move on democratization of health that seems quite a scary kind of title I just how what in your vision how do you think that's going to affect you know those of us on the on the street basically. you know I think it's a language that that all of us are using the difficulty is that it means different things when different mm. people say it and um, I think the NHS's view of it is very much around um, empowering individuals through the the patient health record um, and um, and of course the and also by increasing the amount of screening. So they're really going to be the NHS health check. Frankly, we have not been great supporters no, of it over the all, years. No. It's very, very rudimentary. It's still largely looking at um, risk of certain diseases. And, um, you know, in terms of, say, cholesterol, um, we think they're looking at mm -hmm. the wrong things when they're looking at heart disease risk. Um, so, um, that they're looking at a major review of how that screening program works and in principle that is a good thing again it creates an opportunity for a lot of input and um, and obviously meshes very well with our blueprint project where we are absolutely looking at functional um, mediators for measuring health across multiple That's domains. That's right, and a, and, a, and a wide range of screening but um, was there acknowledgement um, you talk about patient record. Was there an acknowledgement about data around patient records? Because um, you know we've both had personal um, experiences recently about hospital records and um, and you know patients not being given their own data. There, there's look, there's a there's a huge amount of um, excitement in NHS digital. I mean, you've got a bunch of real you know, um, potent techies working together saying, you know, this is the solution. We can bring in data from, you know, from bloods, urine, stool, together with all the um, different wearable devices that people are using out there and collate it all mm. in one place. Now, fabulous idea. Um, but you start to realize the scale of the problem 
when, um, as I did with my, my dear mother, um, admitted to hospital um, with two broken hips. Um, and after waiting two months for an appointment with um, an orthopedic surgeon, when we had double checked from the two different hospitals that had carried out the CT scans and the x-rays um, to make sure that those, um, those images, images <laughs> were supplied prior to the appointment, we turn up um, and they're not there. And, and this is one of the leading orthopedic surgeons in the NHS says, this happens all the time. The system is broken. So, you know, it, it's, it's exciting to know that, that um, the new NHS app is gonna be delivering something pretty special in terms of trying to collate um, data, that the, those data find their way um, to the individual scary and and these these issues were discussed at the Westminster Forum um, as well about what happens when those data find their way into the hands of the Googles and the Microsofts of, of this world. But it's also you gave me quite a staggering number which has stayed in my head 380,000 I think it was uh, is it one app out of yeah there's that, that, that is um, there was a professor from Cambridge University saying you know when you look at the um, digital ecosystem that that we now exist within um, you know everyone is out there creating an app of some sort or another they are. and there, there are over 300,000 um, apps that are in the health space, the, the wellness space. Um, it's some no wonder them, people are confused. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, how you do deliver data that is useful, how you get consensus mm. over that, given that there are a huge range of different stakeholders involved in, in healthcare generally, um, and then how you put that into a form that, that um, people understand, um, and then how you make sure that those data are protected and they're not released willy-nilly to... Um, I mean, we, we, we obviously believe very much in this idea of citizen-owned data. We do. So, so uh, you know, this and is where... And it's a central point of um, our blueprint for health system sustainability. But also, from what you're sharing, I mean, I, I can see that it couldn't be a more perfect time for us to be stepping forward with our blueprint and um, and really doing this work. Look, it, it, it is an ideal time. Um, th there are there are some some very positive things happening. For example, social prescribing. You know, mm -hmm. um, Dr. Michael Dixon has done a phenomenal job with that. Um, they by by um, uh, 2023 2024, they expect now one million people to have access to social prescribing. That's incredible. Um, uh, understanding the, the the burden of the mental health problem mm -hmm. and the idea that um, you have to much better integrate what happens um, um, as well between NHS activities and social care, care in the community, whether it's people with mental health issues or um, older people. Um, that's that's really that part of it really has happened. So there was a lot of excitement about what they call integration. We don't necessarily don't think of it as integration. <laughs> a lot of excitement about the fact that this integration that you know happened under the Health and Social Care Act of 2012 has now happened. I know, well, for me, speaking as a practitioner, I think social prescribing is definitely a start, but it feels a bit like a drop in the ocean when we really need to be looking much more holistically at the whole, at the whole person 
and um, I'm really excited about our work on the blueprint and um, how we're going to be able to feed in um, with all of these um, they keep calling them disease prevention strategies and we much prefer to talk about health creation um, optimizing function um, is really you know where, where we're at yeah I mean I, I think there there are also some you know when you look at the long-term plan in the NHS as well as the green paper um, there is a consistency of ideas that, that really fit much more with, with the idea of, um, we've talked about democratization, yeah. the use of uh, intelligent digital systems that, that inform people as long as you have appropriate safeguards. Mm -hmm. I think another really important trend is the fact that um, there is now much greater consideration of this idea of health span rather than lifespan, because lifespan is actually plateaued. Um, and in fact, there's some indicators it's, it's to, to suggest we are yeah, starting to tip down. But health span has been doing really badly because of this problem with chronic diseases, mm -hmm. diet lifestyle mediated. Surprise, surprise, um, drugs are being recognized not so much as, a, as the ultimate solution. Um, I think there is still a long way to go before, if, if you imagine the length of time it requires to re-educate um, medical doctors, um, it's a six-year education now, the curriculum is still massively out of date in terms of dealing yeah. with these kind of issues. Um, it's great to see that omics and genomics are coming in, how it can be used already. Uh, we already discussed the fact that looking at low penetration genes is probably the way to go, particularly when you're looking at diet and lifestyle modification, but it, it means it's a space that we can really um, grab hold of and inter interact in. So um, it's going to be an exciting few years ahead of us. It really is. And, you know, it's time to be glass half full and we've got everything to play for. So we'd love to hear what you think. Um, please do comment below, get in touch and uh, watch this space for more log cabin chats. Thank you. Thank you.